0: So today is a important important message. If you are dating or newly married, uh, this is a trailer hitch message. All right, anybody that has a truck? I just bought my first truck in my life, and I'm very excited about this. Um, but it has this thing called a you know the trailer hitch on the back, which is also called a shin buster. Right. Right. So, you know, people who've owned a truck before because they've taken the ball out of the back because they've learned a lesson. This is this is one of, why we're calling this a trailer hits message, because this is one where it's been walking around and go yeah. expletive. Right. So that is that, this is a trailer hits message. And some of us need to remove. Go ahead and do that. I have an issue with my truck. And uh, this can be extrapolated on how you need to change is that I bought the, the, the truck. With, it's got the ball thing sticking out of it. You know I'm new to it because I don't even know what it's called. But it's got, to, uh, it's got to stick it sticking out. However, whoever sold it before me had a locking mechanism on there. But the key to the lock is not with me. So I cannot get said thing out. Um, now that can be extrapolated uh, emotionally and spiritually to you uh, there. So what we're going to do is we're going to borrow a grinder and just have at that lock until it comes out. Because um, it is a, uh, an issue, and I don't want broken chin bones, basically, is going on. So this is a, <laughs> a trailer hits message, because this is one of those things like, hey, if you apply these things and pay attention to it, that you will not go, oh! it can it can guard your heart on that, okay? I was so paranoid. Jimmy was standing there. I was so paranoid about hitting my shin on the stupid trailer hitch thing that I forgot about the ladder that I just put in the back. <laughs> so what had happened was is, uh, and I'm tall. So there's the problem as I'm walking around. I'm like, no, 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 thunk, laid, laid myself out in the middle of the driveway. Jimmy comes over to me. He's like, are you? Yeah. You know, As soon as he didn't see blood, he's like, oh, I can make fun of and laugh as much as I want. So uh, there's that. That really didn't have anything to do, but you needed to know that. Uh, However your Sunday morning is going, that just made it smile a little bit more. There there go. All right, so we're talking about changing the expectations in our relationships, marriages, parenting, work relationship, all of it. Expectations and the lack of clear communication of those causes a ton of anger issues in your life, whether you know it or not. Why are you constantly disappointed with this employee? Why are you constantly disappointed with your child and their actions? Why are you so frustrated with your wife or your spouse? It boils down to, here I had these expectations. They were not met, so now I want to go, ah. Okay, that is it, especially if you're like me, and control, and being able to control a situation is the, the, what is your trigger for anger. I know that about myself, I'm working on that, I try really hard, but I know that, so this is a really, if you follow me in that, that thorn in the flesh, you know this is a great message for you, because knowing the expectations... You go, okay, here's the controlled. I understand what's going on. I know where they're coming from. Ha <sighs> I don't have to, your blood pressure doesn't have to go like this. Okay, this is just me trying to help you out. Miss the trailer hitch. Okay, so the verse for today, the verse today actually is the application point as well, which is really, really cool. It's found in the New Living Translation of Romans chapter 12, verse 10. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. We're going to keep on saying that for a lot of times here, okay? So get ready. I memorized this this week because this is so poignant. Excuse me. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Now, you would think that Paul is writing and talking to a married family, right? This sounds like great marriage advice. This is Paul's premarital counseling right here. Actually, this is how he expects the people of his church, to, of any church, to treat each other. That kind of sets it even more. Like, I'm just trying to love my wife with genuine affection. You mean everybody? Everybody. Even that person. Right? With genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. So, the bookends of this, if you have it in your Bible or you're gonna write it down, I want you to circle love and circle honor. Circle love, circle honor, because this is the bookends. This is what we're going for. We're trying to love and we're trying to honor, right? That is the staples of this. But I can love someone and not really have genuine affection for them, right? I love you. I love you. <laughs> And you might live with that person, or you just might work with that person. But I love you. Love each other. Not just love, like, hey, yeah, yeah." I'd come to your funeral. <laughs> but with genuine affection and honor each other. There's a word here that's hard. It's delight in honoring each other. Delight in it. Find joy in lifting others up. Do you understand how hard that is? How difficult that is? How That's counter to everything we're taught in society. Take delight in making yourself look good. Take delight in getting promoted over others. Take delight in being set above them. No. Honoring means to lift up. Take delight in lifting others up. Whatever makes them look better, that's where you find your joy. The cuteness right here is really distracting me. Little Haug is here today. And I keep on seeing him at different seats in the the place. I'm like, ha, 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 baby. Uh, Sorry, that's just my hyperactivity. Um, Take delight in honoring each other. This is difficult stuff. This is not easy. This is cookies on the top shelf, not the bottom shelf today love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. This is the key to relationship success. So, the question is, how do we honor? How do we honor? How does this is a concept that is lost in our society. We do not honor anyone. We don't honor our parents, we don't honor the president, we don't honor our boss, we don't honor anybody. Right? There's a, there's a shift in our society at some point. It seems to be at the end of my generation and the beginning of the last where it really got messy. You can also blame baby boomers, which is my favorite pastime. But um, you you have this shift where even like underclassmen, I'm a senior, and we still respected like, you know, the coach and respected how things were done and the traditions of the school and, and what we were doing. And then the freshmen were like, you can't tell me what to do. And you're like, oh, I'll kill you. Um, but that's... Just high school Jared needed Jesus really badly, okay? But um, <laughs> you, you, you had this idea. You just don't, you don't honor anybody. And you honor yourself. You don't honor others. And this biblical mandate of love, love genuinely, with genuine affection and delight in honoring. I don't even honor. How am I supposed to delight in it? But this is a key, this is a key to relationship success. Whatever relationship you're in, specifically though, in your marriage uh, relationship, but it has huge ramifications in your parenting and with just everyday um, relationships. How do we honor? We abide by and exceed expectations. Abide by and exceed expectations. If I know my wife has this certain expectation, I do it. And then, if I'm one to delight in honoring, I take the next level. With this thing in my house, drives me absolutely insane. Probably something like this happens at your your house too. I will start to do the dishes. I'm like, hey, you cook dinner, I'll do the dishes. I start doing the dishes. Kelly takes it upon herself to go round up every dirty dish our house has ever created (laughs) in mankind and bring it to the sink. And so I'm like, and she only does it when I'm almost done. Like she, I've um, done it. I'm like, boom, got it. Whew, we dried our hands. What the heck just happened? And she's like, eh. smiles. And you're like, what in the world? So there are times. I've met the expectation. I've washed the dish, right? I've washed the dish. She cooked. I cleaned. That's how feel like an equal uh, change of uh, services here. And then now, whoa, 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 whoa. I, I didn't sign up for Kendall's dish that she hid under her bed three weeks ago. That's growing a penicillin science experiment, right? And sign up for that. What, well, you cleaning out the refrigerator? What is happening right now? She's laughing because she knows it's true. So, But that is exceeding the expectation. I just I want to make it funny, but we know where it's at in, in, in our lives. That happens in really serious stuff as well, right? Happens some really, really serious stuff. But how do we honor someone? We abide by the expectation. Here it is. I met it. And now there's a chance for me to exceed it. I can't exceed it every single time. Sometimes there's not dishes that we can go hiding around. Maybe there's not, you know, there's just not opportunity to exceed that expectation. I'm just meeting it today. But if the opportunity exists, I want to exceed it because I want to delight in honoring you. I want to delight in lifting you up. Kelly and I struggled with this severely uh, when we were first married. This was a hard thing for us to figure out. Kelly grew up going to church as this is a family thing. We go to church. We're a family. We get to be together. We get to go to the potluck together. We get to do whatever. It's a family thing. I went to church. It's work. Both my parents are ordained pastors. You go to church. I mean, I'm seven years old. I'm taking up chairs, putting them down, you know, setting up tables, ministry tables and chairs, uh, you know, from forever. From church is work. It, it is. I think that. Kelly comes from a totally different point of view. I worked at a church that's kind of unhealthy in the way we scheduled. We had, and one of the reasons why we don't schedule that many things on the calendar here is because every night of the week, five out of seven of nights of the week, there's something going on in the Church we got to be there for something. I don't know why the doors are open, but they're open, and we're going to go have a smile fa- on our face. We're going to go. You know, you, maybe you remember those days, but we're we're, uh, we're just going to church. We're going to church. We're going to church, and I'm working. I'm working. I'm working. And Kelly's going, getting more withdrawn and more frustrated and more angry at me and the church. And I'm like, what is your problem? I'm working here. But in her expectation is this is family time, and you run away from me every time we walk in the doors. Right? And so finally, after about a year of this, and I'm me getting mad that she's mad at me, because, you know, she wasn't going to actually verbalize that. I could just feel, feel. <laughs> there was a disturbance in the force, and I was like, I don't care that you're mad. I'm working, right? And so uh, I figured we both kind of like, this, this is not working, because here's the opportunity. If I ignore that expectation, if I ignore that, what's going to happen? My wife's going to start resenting church as a competitor spouse. Right? She's going to start resenting everything that's going on. Instead of being an aide in the ministry, instead of being a team member in the ministry, instead of being a partner in the ministry, it's going to be a detraction in what goes on in life. You see the the difference? So we have to sit down. What does this go? So we just uh, kind of figured out a system. And because it was a little ridiculous, she was working a crazy, crazy amount of hours that year as well. But because we had to work out a system of we are be in the parking lot or getting ready to go. We're getting dressed to go to church for, you know, whatever random thing it was that night. Are you my husband tonight or are you the pastor tonight? And we had to ask a question. Are you, my, are you the pastor tonight or are you my husband? Tonight, I'm going to be your husband. I'm going to sit at the table. I'm not going to be working the room. I'm not going to go around. I'm not going to set up 50 chairs and in, in, uh, in seven tables. I'm, I'm not. I'm going to be your husband tonight. Okay. Tonight, I'm working. And so we, we just clearly, at the beginning, had to start laying that expectation out. And guess what? Our attitudes during church started to get a little nicer. Kelly quit resenting it so much. Because we knew before we, we stepped in what was going to happen. And then I got so, I just give her a look like, mm, and she's like, I know, I know, I know, I know. You know, we have to work. And now it's not even a thing. It's kind of understood, yes, this is what's going on here. There's sometimes that we take a moment. There's an opportunity even here. And I can, you know, the Chili Supper. I don't really work the Chili Supper. I get to be family member at Chili Supper. It's fantastic, right? <laughs> but there's other opportunities where it's like, nope, nope, Jared, Jared's working. That's me and just intimate into our how our uh, a argument that we had for a year or two, but I know you guys have the same thing in, in other aspects. Whether it's raising your kids, whether it's it's with your work, it's with your whatever it is, you have the same thing. Like You see that rub of expectation. Something was thought, another person was thought, nothing was communicated well, and so resentment started to take seed. Unless you attack that, resentment will take hold in your relationship and destroy the beautiful things. If, I, if we would have let that resentment of... Is this work or are you my family? uh, you're my husband here at church, she never would have been heading up the ladies' conference yesterday. All right? Never, never, that wouldn't wouldn't have happened. Those 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 things wouldn't wouldn't that wouldn't what do you want me to give more of my time and my energy for that? Mm, I ain't getting paid. She would never say that, but it would be clear in the body language, right? How do we honor? We abide by and exceed expectation. The clock is moving too fast today. I'm sorry, uh, you guys. You guys are ha- very lucky. I changed the it, it died. I changed the battery before service. We could have been here forever, and I would still thought I had 10 minutes for the rest of the. <laughs> All right. So, how do we set expectations? We're going to get really practical, even more practical than we've already been. How do we set appropriate expectations? First thing is this. Oh, before we get there, this is another life verse that you need to nail down. Nail down, nail down. James 1.19. James 1.19 says this. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. James is even like, listen. Everyone. Who? Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Who? everyone my husband should know everyone quick he should listen but yeah so should you quick to listen slow to speak slow to become angry is there i mean come on all three of them in the same verse not even fair quick to listen slow to speak slow to become angry we talked about this. The men's and women's group are going through James. We actually didn't talk about doing it together, but uh, men's and women's groups are going through, and many of the people are married. Do you have any idea how many times we've said this verse in our, our uh, in this week, uh, James 119 was covered by both, both teams. And we were talking about, slow to speak, quick to listen. <laughs> slow to get angry. <laughs> quick to listen, slow to speak. Keep on going over it and over it and over it. And sometimes it just needs to be a mantra. Right? Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Here's the deal is, we set the expectations. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. So we have expectations. And in those expectations, how do we not get angry? We set these expectations. How do we set the expectations? We enter a conversation where we're quick to listen to what is really happening. You can have a conversation with your wife, men and women. This is this is a part of the problem. We can have a conversation, and we're like, "What do you want?" And they're like, "Well," nah, nah, and around the corner, I don't know what you want. Where I mean, you're going to have this conversation in 15 minutes? Where would you like to eat? I don't know. Okay, so now if I'm paying attention, okay, you're trying to eat gluten-free. You're trying to eat clean. So Taco Bell's out. <laughs> I heard something about you trying to do this Daniel Plan thing, whatever that is. I don't know. Is it got a salad? Okay, now, but I don't want a salad. What is, we, we got to go through all these qualifiers to try to figure it out. And that's if you care. <laughs> she said, I don't care. I'm going to Portillo's. Right. And then she's mad at Portillo's. Didn't he know I was trying to eat good and eat a salad and eat clean? Apparently, Portillo's has a great salad. Who the heck orders a salad at Portillo's? You all need Jesus? We're praying for you. Apparently, there's two types of people in this world. didn't think this service was going to be funny and it turned out to be all right Um. Hmm. how do we do it we are quick to listen so what is your really really at the heart of the issue right we're quick to listen what is what is going on here we are slow to speak Mm. okay What does slow to speak mean? That means when you're being quick to listen, you're not formulating how you're going to rebut whatever they're going to say. You are actually listening. Right? Just because their mouth is moving is not a time for you to say, think about whatever you're going to say. That's not how this works. Quick to listen, slow to speak, and then slow to become angry. Okay, slow to become angry is actually a byproduct of being quick to listen and slowing down to speak. This is how you set the expectations. Ask a question. Is this a realistic expectation? I expect my, my husband to make a million dollars this year. Honey, he pumps gas. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, that ain't happening. Oh. You know, and you're mad because he's not financially pro, uh, providing for you in the way. This is not a realistic expectation. Is it a realistic expectation? Is there a compromise that can happen? Is there a compromise that can happen? This is all framed in a conversation where you are being quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. I'm telling you, you can't. If your, your, your conversation is not framed in that, you're not going to get the expectations because expectations are really kind of talking about what you want. And so, if you're not actually listening to their heart in that, you can get all conflued. Women, I'm telling you, we kind of joked about it. Be extremely clear. This is it, this is what I expect. Be clear. You're helping them out. All right, guys, be crystal clear. And then, women, he means what he said. There's not like a passive-aggressive alternative motive and three layers in that. He actually meant, you know what? Uh, I'd like a, uh, you know, I'd like steak tonight. All right, he actually meant steak. He didn't mean filet mignon with baked potato and a salad. He meant steak would be nice. You know, that, that's all. He, that's all he meant. Just don't read into that. He meant what he said. Do it, guys. She meant more, so you got to think. <laughs> So if we can if we can meet somewhere in the middle, that'd be that'd be cute. Um, is there a compromise? Is this the best for us, or is this the best for me? If the answer is it's the best for me, it's the wrong expectation. Is this the best for us, or is the best for me? You don't use expectations to get what you want. You use expectations to do what? Love with genuine affection and to honor, delight and honor. See the difference there? This is how we use them appropriately. And then finally on this this, uh, practical aspect, what is the desired outcome? Sometimes we have underlying expectations in our lives. Why am I getting mad about this? Why am I disappointed in this? What's that even a big deal? You're hoping for an outcome that you didn't even know you needed. It's just kind of sitting there. Maybe it's pushed on you from what your parents did or from whatever somebody else pushed on you or what a previous relationship. What is my outcome? (laughs) Kelly and I had a um, first date, I think, first or second date. Um, We talked about, hey, we'd both been cheated on our relationships right before then. And we said, listen, I like you. This is cool. But if you cheat on me, I'm gone. No second chances. We're done. And if I cheat on you, I expect you're gone. We're not playing this. Let's get back together. I love you. No, if you love me, you wouldn't have cheated on me, jerk. Uh, Okay. So uh, hello. uh, (laughs) We clearly did that. We didn't want to play this stupid game anymore. Right. We're 17 years old. We figured that part out. And it was a clear expectation. Now You don't have to take that one. I would advise it. Uh, But we, uh, we, uh, we, we do that. You understand what I'm saying here? Clear, 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 clear. What's the desired outcome? I want a healthy relationship. So here's this. How do we deal with the defeats? We've talked about what our attitude for expectations should be. We've talked about how to set good expectations. But what happens when there's failure in the expectations? Right? We all have expectations. Some of them are grandiose. I expect my wife to be healthy for the next X amount of years. Something can happen, and that's not, that's nothing she could control. Nothing I could control, but the expectation is broken, right? From the big and grandiose to the little, like I expected the dishes to be done, they're not done. How do I how do I manage that? How do we manage this? Because I want to be what? Slow to speak, or quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. So how do I manage this in an appropriate way? I got a few things for you this morning. Uh, before we get started in that, Romans 8:28 is this verse that I have really not liked and liked and then not liked again and then liked again because of what it says. It says this. This is the New American Standard Version that I'm reading from. And we know that God causes all things, all things, good and bad, all things, all means all of them, all things, whether we like it or not, to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. So what that means is, well, God is an infinitely creative God. The same God who created butterflies will also work with your issues for his good, right? The God that created, you know what, I'm going to make a, I'm going to go bored today. I'm going to make a caterpillar, make a little home, and it's going to awaken into this gorgeous thing. I mean, I know biology is cool and all, but really, like really... Really, really this is infinitely creative God. I'm going to use something ugly, make it something beautiful. Ha ha, that's going to be fun. And no one's going to even know, figure out why it happens for thousands and thousands, millions of years. I just did it because I'm fun. Infinitely creative God. He can cause all the bumps, all the bruises, all the broken heart and says, you know what? You know what? That is bad. That is nasty. This is awesome. This is a good part of your life. And we're just going to play and we're going to play. And if you're willing, if you're willing to step into my will, if you're willing to give me control, I can cause all things for good. The most painful things in your life can be worked out for his good. And the most beautiful things in your life can be worked out for his good. All things, not just the fun ones, not just the ones we want to give to Him. He can cause all things to work out for His good. So when we have the disappointment of expectations not met, know this the baseline is God can cause all things to work together for the good of those who love God. This is important. This is important. First thing we do is we turn to God immediately. Turn to God immediately. He sometimes full disclosure, is the last resort, right? I want to do it myself. I'll fix it. Turn to God immediately. Psalm 55, 22 in the message says, pile your troubles on God's shoulders. He'll help you out. He'll never let good people topple in ruin. Put it on God's shoulders. They're kind of bigger than yours. Turn to God immediately. Allow others into the situation. Now, this is a tricky one. Allow only those in the situation who delight in honoring you, who delight in lifting you up. If you invite others into your situation that don't want to lift you up, that's called gossip. And that's called tearing your heart out. Why do I never feel better when I tell that person my troubles? Why do we never come to a solution? Because they are not honoring you. You allow other people in your situation that are going to lift you up. That might be hard. You're thinking through the catalog of people who you usually talk to. And you're like, hmm, I need new people in my catalog of people I talk to. And you do. You might really need to go, you know what? I just can't. There's certain people in my life that I said, you know what? We're not talking about those things anymore because I never get to a better place. I never move on. I never get uplifted. I never, I'm never. i never coming up with a solution. They're just telling me how terrible that person actually is. Also in this, you need to be a person worthy of being the other guy in the situation. Be a person worthy of being the woman in that situation. So, you know what? When you're around me, I'm a lifter-upper. I'm delighting in honoring you. Turn your pain into purpose. Turn your pain into purpose. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do forgetting what is behind and straining forward towards what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenly heaven word in Christ Jesus. Let it fuel you yesterday. I don't know what, how, how I ever preached a sermon without Bowen and my kids in my life because they are walking illustrations, but Bowen is in basketball yesterday. And I've been harping on him, harping on him, harping on him. Go get that rebound. Go get that rebound. Go get that rebound. And Because half the kids are scared of the ball, and it's just bouncing around. And they're like, ah, it's going to hurt me. So, get the ball. I've been throwing things at him during the week. No, I haven't. I'm just telling you. <laughs> that black eye that he's got today was not for me. I promise you. I got a nurse's note from the school and everything, okay? Uh, so, uh, but Bowen, I'm like, go, go. Bowen and the, uh, the best kid on the other team are going after this ball. And this kid's shooting lights out. Like, he, just, he can hit threes and he's six years old. You know, he's just amazing. And Bowen are going after, the, and both of them hit the ground. And both of their heads and their bottoms go, you know, up. And their faces are the only things touching the ground. It's like, you know, that whole thing. They get up. Bowen gets the ball. Yeah, good job. The other kid's like, ah, and starts to cry. Not a big cry. I was kind of, pr- I was proud of him. I was expecting some tears out of Bowen to be honest with you. I mean, it was, it was bad. I said, LeBron James cries more about it than. Ooh, uh, so. <laughs> so, but the other kid's dad is sitting like five feet away from me, and he's like, "Are you okay, buddy?" Yeah, uh huh, uh huh. And so he puts him in the game. He doesn't come out. It was really awesome. That kid shut down for the rest of the game. Here's a kid who was scoring every point on their team. Just, I mean, whatever he shot, it's going in. Bowen continues to chase after that ball. There's a choice to be made, right? There's a choice to be made. Let it fuel you or you get defeated by it. We all have the face, you know, rubs where we get knocked down. You're like, Jared, my stuff's a lot more serious than basketball game for six-year-olds. I know. But it's the same principle. Are you gonna let it fuel you, or are you gonna let it defeat you? You're gonna let it fuel you, or you're gonna let it defeat you. Turn your pain into purpose. And then finally, live with an eternal perspective. Live with an eternal perspective. What that means is we've got forever in paradise. you are a christian you've called jesus your lord and savior of your life here's the deal these 80 90 years 70 40 20 years that you have on this planet is only on the screen we have an eternity in tahiti basically right okay we have eternity in paradise not just a little bit not just a weekend not just a week we've got eternity in paradise so the momentary troubles that we have here when put in the aspect of, I have forever in heaven, that makes it a little bit easier. Yeah, your stuff hurts. Yes, these years are hard. Jared, you told me that, that stuff was going to happen for a season in my life. I didn't know that season was going to last for 40 years. I know. But in the grand scheme of eternity, it is just a bit. It's just a smidge. Living with an eternal perspective makes things a little bit more manageable. It's still hard. I'm not going to say it's easy. But live with an eternal, I can't say that, an eternal perspective. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. I want to encourage you, write that on an index card, put it on your mirror. Just go ahead and memorize it right now. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. This This whole principle, just... Mm, I'm frustrated. Okay, what? What? love each other with genuine affection. I got to be genuinely affectionate towards them. Remember, that love is uh, actually the Greek word phileo, which is brotherly love. It's not eros. It's not the how you doing kind of love. It's brotherly kind of love. This is how we treat everyone with genuine affection and take delight in honoring and lifting up each other. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for, thank you for this moment. Thank you for this time. God, thank you for the laughter as we tackled kind of an issue that's close to probably all of our hearts. And God, I ask you to help us in the conversations right after this, in the conversations this, this afternoon where our kids are down for a nap and we're like, you know what? We need to talk about expectations. God, that you would be in that, that they would be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. God, I ask you for, for protection on their lips, that the very words coming out of their mouths would be your words, that people could listen to, to their kids and to their wives and to their husbands' hearts. Not necessarily the words coming out, but what they really mean. Lord, will you give us time to have these good conversations? Will you protect us from that? Lord, I pray for life change. I pray for relationship change in this church, in this moment. As I see people, so many people in this congregation right now, just starting out their lives together. God, that they would not hit this trailer hitch. That they would set the right expectations. As they explore each other, explore the relationship with each other. Make it a God-honoring relationship. Lord, we love you. And we desire better for our relationships, that we could have genuine affection and delight in honoring those around us. In Jesus' holy name I pray, amen.